So you're going to have to write a ton of copy for your business over the years. That's just the facts. And it's truly, though, one of the best ways to get people to know, like, and trust you. And it's an opportunity to call in the people that you'd actually love to work with most by letting the real you shine through so that all your likes, loathes, and loves are out there. And that's why I called in Christina Torres for today's episode. Christina is a Brooklyn-born, pronoun she, her, New Yorkian, copywriter and content designer. She writes and gabs on and on about real talk, rider by web wordage, aka copy, edutainment, aka content, for creative brands and creatives who are customer and culture obsessed. So keep listening because I know Christina doesn't hold anything back. And she's going to be spilling some juicy tidbits on how to write in a way that really, truly sounds like you. You're listening to the Launch Playbook Podcast, the weekly podcast for service-based business owners to discover the starts, stops, and tools of transformation that go into launching their online offers. I'm your host, Sarah Martanian. And if you want to launch your ideas into the world faster with more success and less burnout, well, friend, consider this show your secret playbook to get you there. Hey, Christina, welcome. Hey, Farah. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to dig into this topic with you today. We have had plenty of conversations about personality, and I've even hired you to help me zhuzh up some of my sales pages when I felt like they were falling flat and not even truly me. I think it's hard to do for yourself, right? Like write your own copy in a way that really pops. I'd say, especially maybe as a copywriter sometimes. So yeah. I'm really thrilled to bring you in. And I want to tell you, I don't know if you know this, Christina, but long before we ever chatted, I had checked out your website and I was totally fangirling it. And I remember sending a link to one of my bits, Bessie, saying like, check out this site. It's so good. And it's because your personality jumped off the page. Like I knew what you were about. I could just imagine what it'd be like to chat with you. When we eventually did meet, I was like, yep makes sense. You are like what your website's like. And I love that. So tell us, how do you do that so well? How do I do that so well? I think innately, if I just think about most of the communications I've had in life, I had a really hard time communicating in, I don't know, audibles with my mouth. And it was always a lot easier for me to just write what I thought. Later down the line, I would realize why. But I just was really good at just writing and storytelling and just saying things in the way I thought. And I just didn't think there was really any, I think we're, I think most people actually can. I think where things go awry is that school gets in the way and corporate politics get in the way and just, you know, wanting to feel safe. And when you're in certain areas and certain groups, sometimes being yourself is not safe. And you have to figure out a way, and not even in a way that you feel threatened, but like you want to relate. Humans just want to relate. And for Mm -hmm. so long, we're kind of stuck at places where we're not really able to relate on a like one-on-one level. We're able to relate inside of like a school culture, inside of a corporate culture, sometimes even inside of, you know, if you're like on a sales team, inside of sales culture, but you're not allowed to be like yourself. And I think that's because everyone wants to feel welcome, but in actuality, people feel ostracized. So I just had a really hard time communicating the way I wanted to communicate. I was, you know, even throughout elementary school, you know, I lived in Brooklyn and I wasn't white enough for the white people. I wasn't Puerto Rican enough for the Puerto Rican people. I wasn't black enough for the black people. And I just felt like 
my voice went all over. I just went all over the place. And at, I guess at some point, I just kind of was like, that <laughs> really early on. It was like, I'm just going to be me. And people really like it when I'm really me. It's worked out thus far. And the people who don't like it seem to stay away. And thank goodness, because those aren't the people I want. And I think that just kind of naturally, I didn't know that would be a talent. I didn't know that I could monetize that until like one day I figured out what copywriting was until I realized like why certain advertisements tickled me and why certain brands I would buy from even when like the product wasn't like anything better than anything out there, like the packaging and the messaging was enough for me. And once I realized that was a thing, I was like, I have to like bottle this up and sell it because it's really easy for me to do. So I think just early on, I just knew the value of relating to people in a way that felt good to me. And I was like, I need to like, I need to tell everybody this is a thing and I need to sell it. Okay, there's so many things I want to dig into there. So yeah, I'm just like getting really excited. Okay, so first, I want to ask you, you're mentioning how people like when we come into writing, we're usually bringing like all this corporate speak or maybe the way we wrote like in university or high school because we, you know, we had to follow this like this way of being, right? They asked us to do. And mm-hmm. though suddenly now when we're writing for our business, it doesn't really maybe feel like our copy has any like zing or us to it. What can we do about that? I think the first thing we can do about that is I would say the one thing about most of my clients is that they're just, they're the opposite of me. They are excellent verbal processors and auditory communicators. They always like the number one, I feel like problem they have, or they say that they have is like, I can say it, I can say it and I can sell it. But when I go to write it, I don't know. I just, nothing comes out or the things that do come out are just so blah. And I think I think what really happens there is that and what I urge everyone to do is if you're not already creating content where you're talking and you're just like blabbing and you're coming off the hip and people are already asking you questions, maybe it's an IGTV, maybe it's a podcast that you're doing, you know, whether you you have your own or you're you're on a, as on as a guest. Hello. You record yourself in like real life. Like if you're recording your sales calls, like, you know, you should anyway for market research. But if you're not, if it's, if it's any incentive to just understand, like, write how you speak, because I, I hear that all the time and people are like, but what, what is, but like, what is that? No one says what it really means. No one really says what it means. And no one says the other part of it is understanding the parts of you and your business that lights people up. That is also part of your speak. What I like to call like your client's love language. Right. Because you are essentially having a conversation. And so, you know, if you just thought about it like that, like how you naturally speak when you're on sales calls. Right. And how you naturally speak when someone, I don't know, maybe ask you advice in a Facebook group. Even then, like you're still typing, you're not talking aloud. But like, would you all of a sudden start using big words? You do you use emoticons sometimes or emojis? Like, how do you actually speak when you talk to humans? If we just took away, like, everyone's going to see this thing. You know, you're not Johnson and Johnson. (laughs) You don't need to, like, appeal to the masses. You're usually working with some version of you or people, some people resonate, you know. So I think the first place to start is we're in the wild, naturally. How are you talking to people? And then find out what are the things that people, you know, that that lights them up. You could probably find that in your engagement or somewhere in your content, or even in, in the Facebook groups that you naturally help people in. Your voice is already kind of 
it's there. It's out in the world. We just haven't like documented it. You know, maybe you're direct, maybe you're cadent, maybe you're not a long, fluffy writer. I'm a breathy. I wouldn't say I'm fluff. There's no, I'm not a lot of fluff, but I have a lot of tangents because just because of how I naturally talk and that's how I naturally think. Like I'm like writing and then all of a sudden squirrel or an aside <laughs> because I want to give people context. I want people to feel like they were there with me if I talk about something in an email or I have a thought that's a little inappropriate that I wouldn't say outside in the world but because you're in my inbox, which means like you're in my living room, that I can say that because I feel like this is a safe place to say that. So there's a lot of places and I think that's a great way to break it down is like, what do you say when you're like at the bar? What do you say in your living room? Who do you say? Like once you're like besties with a client, how do you speak to them? Right. I think there's different ways we relate to people and you're already doing it. So I would say just like investigate how you're expressing yourself in those different places and in your voices there. Okay. So I love this concept and I think I've heard you call it before like copy talking, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're saying that there's all these places that we're already doing it. So when we go and investigate, what can we like? What should we do with that information? Like, how do we gather it? How can we put it together so we can see, I guess, like what's emerging? Yeah. So when you're like in a conversation with anyone, the best way I can relate it to, because I just feel like in adult life, maybe in kid life you are, but in adult life, you're never like, I, when I think of converting, I just think about like getting the number, like you're dating, right? When you're an adult, you don't really think about like, that's my best friend. I'm going to get their best friend's number. You don't really think about it like that. But we can get into that. There is an aspect where that is kind of happening. Sometimes a friend becomes someone you date, someone who is really intimate in your life or someone who is just your best friend. So you try to think about like, what is that conversation you have when you first meet someone? And what does that person want to know? They want to know who you are. And maybe they want to know like what drew you to them, like the why, why, what drew you to them to talk to them or, you know, why, I don't know, what, why did you feel called to talk to me? And like, what are we going to talk about? And what are we going to do after we talk? So those are kind of the, like the copy talk, how I think about the copy talk framework and they kind of overlap. It's basically who, what, why, right? So when you go into a conversation and you introduce yourself, you at least tell them who, you usually don't leave the conversation and that's it. And then the person's just looking at me like, oh, okay, well, that was awkward. I think I'm going to go over there now. You didn't tell them what you wanted to do. Do you want to go get a drink with me at the bar? Maybe we should exchange emails. I'm hungry. Let's go hoard the snacks over there, right? Or we should have coffee sometime. It's just strange to just like alert something at someone and then not follow up with a call to action in real life. So, you know, and like I said, why? When you come up to somebody, oh my God, I had to talk to you because you were wearing this, this happens to me a lot because I wear a lot of colorful clothes at conferences. Just because I know no one's wearing colorful clothes at conferences. Like, <laughs> everyone's wearing a sweater and some jeans or a blazer. And I'm going to come in there with the loudest, brightest tracksuit I could possibly find. So people are like, oh my God, I had to talk to you because you had those. I have like these MC Hammer metallic pants. I had to talk to you because you had these pants on. Right. And for me, the normal person would be like, oh, OK, like, oh, that's really why you came to talk to me. But those are some of the things that people don't think about. Like people want to talk to you because you love. Remember we were working on your on your sales page and I was like, oh my God, I love salt and salt and vinegar chips. Mm-hmm. I think that I would hire you just because you <laughs> like something that no one else likes. Like rarely uh, the people I like know who like it, love it. But the people who don't are just like, no, <laughs> ew, why would you eat that? And I'm like, they're delicious. And there were so many things that we had in common that I didn't even know about you 
that like once I read it on the sales page, that's why I love Sarah. That's why I love Sarah. <laughs> so there are these things that kind of just really like we get so caught up in being businessy and professional and like wanting everyone to like us, which is which is strange because how can you be businessy but then want everyone to like us? Because businesses know big, large businesses know who their audience is. Yeah. They know who they're targeting. It's not incidental that like you like something because the business is doing it, right? There's plenty of people who make pam- uh, make diapers. Look, I was about to say Pampers. Pampers is a brand, not the diaper. Many people make diapers and the people have an affinity for one or the other for whatever reason. It's the same when it comes to you. If you're worried about everyone liking you, newsflash, it's, not, it's impossible, just like in real life. So you have to kind of make it it just just relate it. Like people are humans at the end of the day. You're having a conversation and people just want to know who, what, why, right? Who's this for? Who's tried it? What do you do? Why should I care? Why do you care? Right? And if I do this thing, is it so I can have what? So that I can be who? So that I can do this thing. It's it seems so much more complicated than it is, but if you think about just our natural conversations in life, your 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 sales page is probably there already. So if you need to figure out what your sales page is, then you need to start investigating your sales calls and wherever you close, maybe it's your DMs, maybe it's the discovery call, maybe it's that second call and figuring out where in that conversation that you see people go ding, the light goes off. That's probably your sales page. It's so interesting. And I and what I like that you called out is something that I've never heard someone explain the way you just did really was like the whole thing you're saying about like the pants that you wore like the mc hammer like metallic pants or like my salt and vinegar vinegar chip affinity right like those are things that you're like wait that doesn't actually have to do with the thing that they're selling but it's what it's why we like them and so we're drawn to people for other things like you're saying like the fun like the fun cool pants the like the snack preferences all these other things and where you know, maybe when they get to us for buying, that brings them to us and they get to us for buying or like kind of closing that. You're like, yeah, they want to know the way we're going to do things and all that stuff like that we know we're talking about, but that's not actually what brought them to our world probably in the first place. Some of that stuff is what it right. sounds like. So it's like yeah. we have to let more of ourselves, like who we really are shine through to pull in those people. Is that sort of? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Because there's more than one there's more than one. Oh my God. How many personality driven copies? <laughs> I don't even hate that term, honestly. Yeah. Personality, personality copywriter, personality driven copywriters. How many sassy copywriters? How many conversion copywriters are there? Mm-hmm. You have to really differentiate. And maybe, maybe you're like, Christina, I don't wear shiny pants. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't eat like, I don't eat those, like whatever. I'm holistic. Mm-hmm. I'm vegan. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. I just made that up. But what, like, Okay, fine. So what is it about your process that is kind of quirky? What is it about like there do you have even if you're boring, I think that's even funnier. If you are like are just dry mm-hmm. and boring and sarcastic or maybe you're sweet. Like I feel like everyone's trying to be sassy. And I hate that sir because I'm not sassy. I'm yeah, just I'm not sassy either. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what does sassy mean? Hmm, I don't I'm know. Well, sarcastic sometimes, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm a little sorry. I guess maybe I'm just direct. I'm not even yeah. that. I'm not even that. Like, I'm not. When I think sassy, I kind of think mean. I'm like, I'm not mean. Yeah. I'm just busy. I have so many thoughts. I have to get it out now. So you know, feed into that. Like, if people mm-hmm. like 
just whatever. Like if you have, everyone has these weird little quirks and maybe it's not about you. Let's say like this, I have a lot, like people are like, well, I'm not a person out. I'm not a personal brand, mm-hmm. right? I work with people who it's like, it's a yoga studio. It's not about me. It's about this yoga studio, mm-hmm. which is fine. But that yoga studio still has an identity, right? Right. There's a certain type of people that like to come to this yoga studio, right? There's still, there's a billion and one yoga studios. What is different about your yoga studio? You know, and I work with a lot of women of color and, you know, saying that you were a woman in color owned business maybe five years ago was enough, but now there's a lot of us and thank goodness. But now what, what sets you like, not all women of color are the same. Like that's just a label. There's something about you that draws you to to that place, right? There's something about that draws you to that service. You know, there's a million and one ways to do yoga. There's hip hop yoga. There's yogas with goats or sheeps. I don't know. There's all types of stuff. So what is this thing? If it's, if you're not, if you don't feel like you're a personal brand, your brand still has a personality. So what is it, this thing that people are really drawn to? You know, maybe you do tweak yourself seriously. There are people who want that. There are mm-hmm. people who are like, yeah, no, I don't have personality either. Or like, I'm just here to get stuff done. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a dish. That's a group of people too. who are like, uh, oh, we're not here to be funny. We're here to get work done. There's plenty of people who are like, I'm not here to be a best friend. I just want the work. Mm-hmm. I just want the work. Great. I just want great work. That, there's a whole niche. I'm sure for that. There's a whole group of people who aspire to that. There's people who probably, ugh, they gag at the sight of working with me and they, they, those are their people. How would those people know that there's a person like that? If everyone's trying to be sassy, if everyone's trying to be Sarah, if everyone's trying to be Christina. So I like that you call out that if we could be whoever we are, right? Like the boring, the sassy, the sarcastic, the straightforward, whatever, we can be that. And mm-hmm. so you're saying that one of the ways to find out what's working, what draws people to us is to really investigate, I guess, those initial calls we have or those contacts we have with people to see like what it was that drew them to us. So some of the ways you're saying that we could like listen to back to our sales calls, but let's say we're, we don't have sales calls or something else. How else can we do like, is it asking questions on a survey on like on a contact form? Like what, where else can we gather, figure that out? What people are really drawn to? Other places. Well, you know, my favorite is Instagram. If you like share your life and you're behind the scenes, I know, and I feel like this is what happens. People tell everyone like what to do on social media, which is great. There are people who need what, but I need why. Why do you want me to share that on social media? Why would anyone care about that? Well, if you share behind the scenes of your life, if you share your process, if you share little tidbits of your life, it doesn't have to be, you know, I get a lot of people who are like, ooh, I don't want to share my kids on Instagram. I don't, no, I'm not saying all that. You get to decide how you safely show up in social media or where ple- people get to engage with you. It doesn't have to be Instagram. It could either be LinkedIn. I hear things are getting a little more personality driven on LinkedIn too. So where can you go to share tidbits of your life and to kind of like poll and test the waters with your audience, right? What behind the scenes thing? It could be the weirdest thing. It could be like someone just saw like a mug that's next to your computer and they have the same mug or they have the same saying that's on that mug on their calendar. So I think social media is a great way to poll and see how people are relating to you. And so that's why kind of giving people a sneak peek into your business, into your life, into the process. Actually, I think naturally has people curious, right? And then you could pay attention to those questions. Pay attention 
to the type of content or stories that get a lot of views or, you know, they even have, they have excellent poll features, even on, you know, I've been diving back into LinkedIn because for me, it was just such a dry place to be. And it just triggered me because I really didn't like corporate arenas, but I've seen that they even have polls there. So you can do polls if you're like, oh, I don't have an email list, right? Because if you're not doing sales calls or you're just starting out and you don't have like this huge email list, like who are you going to send surveys to? And I don't think at that stage of your business, you should be paying for surveys. And the people who take those surveys, I just don't feel like they're really candid. I have, I I think in most things, like even in questionnaires and in copy briefs, like people are not as inclined to share candidly, maybe because it's written on paper, maybe because they're too much in their head, maybe because they need, they need context and intent. But if you're like, oh, I don't show up on those places. I mean, hop on calls. Tell people like, hey, this is what I'm doing. I think you'd be like, I I love, I would love to work with someone like you. I just want to pick your brain about a few things. Do you have 15 minutes, you know, where we can chat and we could talk through something, you know, try to make it so that it benefits them. If you got a little cash, maybe send them a Starbucks or uh, Hmm. whatever or something. But you kind of have to find places to have conversations with them. If you're not having automated sales conversations with people, then I would say, A, start engaging on social media and seeing what like hits. You may feel like you're throwing things against the wall, but that's really the only way you're going to learn and let people into your quote unquote boring life. No one's boring. Social media is just so entertaining that you're like, I can't possibly be that entertaining. But the (laughs) things I watch on social media are actually quite boring. The shows that I watch are quite boring and that fascinates people. People are like, you're so like, like, it's just like so out there and like crazy. And then they find out like all I watch is UK television. (laughs) (laughs) they're like why I was like I just love it it's so good and they're allowed to curse and they're like I just feel like they get to be a little bit more darker and I like darker sense of humor so they get to be a little bit more darker than like US or Canadian like we're only allowed to be happy all the time I feel like in the UK maybe because it's the weather's not that great they get to be like darker in their stuff and I also like their lighthearted stuff I just think that stuff is great so when they're like wait so you listen to like Wu-Tang, but then you watch UK. I'm an anomaly and all of us are. All of us are. So I think finding the way, if it's not Instagram, I think just literally asking people to talk to you and you'd be surprised. In a day and age where no one talks to each other, when I'm like, hey, we should catch up. People are like, yeah, let's do it. And I've maybe I've only engaged them with them once or twice on Instagram and maybe DM them. Like people I've never even seen in real life. They're like, yeah, let's call. Let's have a call. Let's have a chat. No strings. You don't have to pitch anyone. Just see like naturally how the conversation flows. And if you can ask, hey, you can be candid and be like, hey, I'm really just trying to find out why people even like me. Do you mm-hmm. mind if I record this? Mm-hmm. It may sound weird. And you'd be like, hey, if you're interested, I'll send you the recording, right? Those are just some really cool ways that I think, you know, you can do that or host some free content. I love to do it. You know me, I love a good free planning session because I need people to help me keep accountable. But I learn more and more about people you know, what tugs at their heartstrings, what kind of goals they have. And they teach me so much. I think we just need to, I think we just need more human contact and you'd be surprised how much that influences your business. Just hanging out. I, I, yeah, I, I see that for sure. I so agree with what you're talking about. Like I have found that the funniest things have brought people to me when I end up like asking like, oh, like, why did you reach out? I get like, Oh, well, I love your, your picture. Like you always look like you have so many pictures of you just like laughing. So I feel like I would like have a good time with you. Like we would laugh. And then 
I've had like even people who have signed up for sales calls, they've, they've been like, I like the little personality things in your emails that you add in like on the way to booking the call. And it's so interesting, all these like little things that we think are probably like not so much or like not so interesting that add up to making people want to talk to us more, maybe work with us. Right. And it's just all these like that, those little like layers of personality of stuff that makes us us. And I feel like when we put those things in more, that by the time they have calls with us or you're thinking of booking with us, that they're already kind of pre-sold. Would you agree? Oh, yeah. I have. Oh, I wish I could pick it. Let me see if I can. I'll try to do it while I talk. So I kind of have something very similar in my questionnaire. When you, my questionnaire, sorry, my application mm-hmm. for my Rent the Brainwaves, which is the uh, copy done in a day VIP day that I do. And so I think that's also a great place. If you can like, it doesn't, you don't just want your personality in your website or on your Instagram or in your mm-hmm. sales page. Like you need to bring it 360. Like it has to, yeah. if you can get it on your questionnaires, if you can get it on your, even your emails, when you onboard people, I feel it gives people free range to kind of also, A, they feel more comfortable. They know what to expect from you, but also gives people free range to be themselves. So by the time they get on a call with me, they, I feel like they feel a little looser. So they don't feel yeah. like, oh my God, what's going to happen? It's not like this very medicinal doctor's office thing where you're filling out these things and you're like, I don't know what this doctor's going to be like. And then you get mm-hmm. in there and they're like a really nice regular person. Mm. Like, you know, they're just regular people. And you're just like, oh, why would that? I wish people did that with forms, but I guess they have to make sure that everybody can understand it. But like, I just wish my medical forms were more exciting because yes. I didn't have Agreed. way less anxiety <laughs> about going into this doctor's office. Because I'm like, who's going to be there? A robot? So <laughs> I almost forgot what I was saying. So yeah, if you can bake it into those places, right? And that's one of the first things I have I have in my, my application. I didn't always have it because I just found that people already knew they wanted to work with me, like you said. And like, oh my God, let's hop on a call. But I did want to, I needed to kind of start creating some boundaries and creating some expectations about like how many, how things cost and just like having a flow of things. So people felt really safe and felt like they knew what I was doing. So one of my questions on my, on my application, it says, you know, why, why, why me? Why now? It says why more, but why me? Why now? Right. For some people, it's different things. It, it's, it's, you know, it's very direct or. I just find like if you can bake in as much as your personality into these touch points, you can get a lot more candid answers from people when things are really like prescriptive and cold and generic. People give you very prescriptive, cold, generic answers. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, God, like, like, (laughs) like, what is this answer when you know what you wanted? And sometimes it doesn't work, but that's perfect because then, you know, okay, this person it's not, it's not it's, about it's, those it's games. It's more this, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this person, yeah. okay, I know what I'm working with. And mm-hmm. I know from the gate, like, this is the type of copy I'm working with, mm-hmm. right? And so, like, there, I just have clients that they're really not as, most of my clients are as kooky and all over the place as I am. But, a, like, I would say 30% of them are not. They're just like, yep, just so that you could write copy. But something of them related them. Like, my very zen, I'm not a very zen person, you know, when they greet me, they say peace on every email. And I'm like, oh, that's so nice. That's what I need in my day. It's not, hey, right. Their personality does already. They have a very yogi personality. But when we got on the call, they were like, you know, I was like, so what is like your voice? Like I asked if they had a brand voice guide or something somewhere I can find their voice. And I didn't, I don't necessarily need one. That's not necessarily how I need to work. 
but it's helpful. So I'm not trying to scour the internet for your voice. And she was like, you know what? I'm, I'm like you. I'm, I'm actually from New York. I'm very direct. And I was like, aha, there was something. At first I was like, why would she pick me? Like we have not, our voices are not, we have nothing in common. There's nothing Zen about my brand. You will never find anything about a meditation, a journal, a downward dog. <laughs> There's none of that. None of that is happening anywhere in my life. I meditation gives me the hives just thinking about it. But New York, the second someone like I have people who are like, oh, my God, I found this Brooklyn mug, this Brooklyn tea set. And I thought of you because there's not a day that doesn't go by that you don't know that I'm from Brooklyn. That's 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 my what what Laura Belgrade calls. It's part of my coat of arms. Brooklyn will be on there forever. Some other things may change as I grow and I become an adult. Like, I don't know how long like MTV and SpongeBob will be there. Maybe forever. (laughs) Maybe. I feel like. I'm 34 and I still haven't let it go. So I'm pretty sure it's going to be there forever. But those are like the things that draw people to you. So to kind of go back to that last question, if you are not in those places, if you're like, oh, social media drains me, the idea of getting a call on a complete stranger trips me up, then you need to find a way to bake in as much as you can into your automation, into your onboarding, into your questionnaires, into your applications so that you give people the opportunity to feel safe to be themselves. And they may not, you'll find that they may not, they may not have the same personality. They may not even, you know, talk like you, but if you give them, if you make this less human and more, more human and less prescriptive, then I think you'd be surprised about the people. There's just like, there's this one thing that people just really latch onto. And you're like, it's not my impressive testimonials. It's that I'm from New York. I don't know if that's enough to qualify me as the copywriter, but maybe you know instinctively, like, this is going to be a no games. We just go get things done. Like, we both know you won't be offended if I seem very direct. I'm just trying to get to the, you know, there'll be a rapport. There's a comfortability. I think all humans just want to feel comfortable before they give someone their money and their IP in my case, right? That people are literally giving me. Absolutely. Their businesses. I love that you called out about the fact that like, especially if you're someone who maybe isn't like so extroverted, doesn't want to put yourself out there over like Instagram or different things that there are all those other like subtle ways to make this in like through your forums, through your bios, through those emails that people get from you and things like that. So it doesn't all have to be, you know, all out there talking, verbally processing online, different things that there's there's different ways that we can still make our personality shine through. And so I really appreciate that. And I know like I'm an introvert. So that's how I started with a lot of my stuff was like in my forms, like baked in, right? Like all these little, it's all these little touch points. And then as Mm -hmm. I got more comfortable with business and just being out there online, I could let more of that come through in other ways. And I I feel like I I think that's what happens is like the more you see, yeah, that kind of what like, let's say like turns people onto you or like that you get response for, the more you'll dig into that and feel confident to let more of that out. It kind of a bit fly, right? Yeah, that's so funny that you said you're extroverted. <laughs> this is a perfect case. I'm extremely extroverted. 90% of my clients are introverted. We're polar opposites. And that's what attracts, maybe that's what attracts people to me. I have no idea. Or maybe I do it in a way that makes people feel safe. It's not like I'm extroverted and I make you feel like, oh God, please stop talking. Maybe I do. But that's why I go and write copy. I go, you only have to talk to me for 30 minutes twice. You don't have to be with this all the time. But that's 90% of my clients. So you'd be surprised. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's the opposite thing yeah. that people want. Because if I want, like, if why would someone who's great at copy 
I mean, at some point you do want to delegate things. There's some things in your business you're going to want to delegate. And I actually think, you know, those are probably the first things you should because it's probably documented very well. There's some things that you're good at that you probably should start letting go of at some point. But let's say, you know, you are really great at, let's say you're not, you're not really great at copywriting. You're going to want someone who's a copywriter. Vice versa, if you like, I want personality in my brand, but I'm so introverted and it's sometimes, you know, people are introverted for different reasons. I need someone who's a little bit more extroverted, who is not scared to say like, who's not scared to say that I'm awesome. I think everyone who comes to me is brilliant. And I'm just like, you don't understand this right here. This is why people want, this is why people mm-hmm. work with you. They're like, yeah. I'm like, oh my God, you're so, I'm, I'm introverted. Introverted does not mean you don't have a personality. Absolutely Introverted. Not. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Introverted mm-hmm. just means you have a, a fuse and <laughs> you're very careful about who you share that energy with. Mm-hmm. Right. It, you know, even extroverts get tired of being on all the time. I have many a times where like enough of humans. <laughs> for a month but yeah you'd be surprised like people want that like oh they're the opposite of me and that's what i need i need someone who's the opposite of me to do this right now because me is not getting it done so maybe someone who i would aspire my copy to sound like or i would aspire for them to have that angle mm-hmm. or to shout my message for me that's the person so I, that's my that's my idea that's my thinking because i just don't like i'd rarely get another extroverted person to work with me. I know I can't speak for all introverts, but I have to say to you that like probably my favorite people in business, like my biz bestie and like you and a few other people are all generally extroverts compared to me. And I feel like, I don't know, maybe we're drawn to people who have things that we like, again, that we admire, like you're saying that like that we see like doing things that we want to do so we can help. Like, I feel like it's boring some of like, like, I know when I talk to you, like it's boring some of your confidence and boring some of like the, your ability to share and put things out there. And it's almost like I get to lean on that energy, right? A little bit and like deep. In, mm-hmm. And then because you're someone who I know when I talk to you, at least it's like, I feel, you know, you're extra, but I also feel safe with you. Right. So it's like, it allows me to actually let more of my personality hang out. Cause I think, as you said, introverts aren't necessarily don't have, not have, don't have, not, don't not have personality, but we're careful about who we share it with. And we probably shine the most through like one-on-ones, right. Or like right. small groups. So I don't know, again, speaking as an introvert, I think I'm drawn to that side of you for sure. And again, like my other biz besties and stuff, all, all extroverts <laughs> that I lean yeah. into and I, and that I really love and appreciate. And I think that's, you know, when I came to you for help with the sales page for Launchworthy, it was that, like, exactly that. It was like, I knew that I'd written, I'm a copywriter, right? It's like, I knew I'd written a good sales page, let's say, like, in all the technical forms. But I knew mm-hmm. it wasn't letting myself shine through. And I couldn't, I couldn't do it for myself. I couldn't, like, it was like, no one really wants to hear that. Or it's not quite right. And, but I knew that, like, I know that you're so good at letting that shine through. And you're so good at, like, you'd call me out on stuff. And that's exactly what happened, right? Like, I booked one of your copy good to goes. You called me out on it. You're like, well, yeah, this is good, but like, it's not really all the Sarah that I know. And you're hiding parts <laughs> of yourself in here. And you called me on it. It was just like the direct part. And I loved it because I was like, she's so 
right? <laughs> I know. Yeah. <laughs> like, which is why the like Sarah's sweet, but she's got this sweet. <laughs> I mean, Sarah, Sarah's really nice, but she's not a pushover, and she's going to tell you some hard truths really nicely, and probably in a very jokey, sarcastically way. But I was like, yeah, but we're not on happens. biscuits and tea. We're not on biscuits and tea. I no, know no, that we're not all sure. that. No. So that's why I really appreciate like that you called that out, and that's when I came back when we booked the day, right? So that. We had the conversation, you asked some great questions, and then it really felt like, 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 I know that you, you know, saw me and heard me and that that came out through the sales page now. So I had something that had all the parts I needed to have. And then also you let me, you, you pulled out all those things that I couldn't say for myself, right? That I felt like maybe people don't give a crap about, but you're like, no, they care. It's so hard to do it for yourself. <laughs> for sure. So why do you think? In the end, like we just sum it up, why do you think it matters to let our personality shine through? You know what? It's been like literally screaming in the back of my mind. <laughs> Every time you ask me a question, it's like, say this, say this. I'm like, right now. Let me finish my thought brain. I think it's really, it's really important to as much as you feel. And this is, I know probably whoever's listening to this is like, oh God, she's so safe one more time. But that's like 90% of the reason why people don't. I'll start with that. Don't mm-hmm. want to share their world and their personality. And I want you to kind of examine that. Like what, what, what do you need to feel safe? Right. And how, and and at at what point and how much in a relationship with someone do you feel safe enough to share those things? And it's kind of the same with your copy or your, or your funnel, right? Like when you meet somebody, maybe I'm not going to, for different reasons, right? I'm very, Okay, at this point in my life to share that I have ADHD, I'm a single mom, I'm queer. I mean, I've never been ashamed to say I'm a woman of color or, or I'm Latinx or Hispanic. And it's not like it's obvious, like that's not a thing that you could be like, oh, that's very that. But some people don't feel safe around that. Don't feel safe to do those. Don't feel safe to share those parts of themselves. And that's completely okay. No one has to. No one's needing you to do that. But if you find that you actually do end up sharing those things, and at some point in those really in that relationship, that makes your relationship stronger with your client, with your, you know, even the people you work with, whether they're consultants or they're employees, you get to figure out at what part of this, you know, the relationship that you feel ready to express those things. So maybe on Instagram, you're not ready to express those things, right? That's when you first meet people or people, you know, or maybe it's a, a podcast like this. Maybe it's a blog post or maybe it's a guest post. Wherever people are finding you first, you don't feel safe about that. Okay, great. Is it maybe when you've exchanged numbers and you guys are texting each other, aka email or inbox? Do you feel safe maybe now that you're on the call, right? Are there some ways that you could start expressing your personality in different parts of your funnel or customer journey or whatever you want to call it, service blueprint? People call it different things. It's just the layers in which people are getting in this deeper relationship with you. And that'll also, I think that's maybe a safer way to do it. And it just makes more sense. And no one's feelings get hurt when it comes time to, to get on that sales call or to get to working on that project. And then you figure out that that person on many levels does not align with your values. You need to be really somewhere in that process up front so we can get those people out of there. You're not going to love everyone you work with, but you at least want to be respected and you want to feel safe with everyone you work with and vice versa, right? You want to give that person the opportunity to be like, oh, no, don't want to work with a person like that. 
that's fine. I think that's completely okay. That's their loss. But don't you want to feel safe in that relationship? So I think, you know, I would ask people to investigate that. The next part is like, like we just said, like your personality, we have no idea why people, we know why people hire us, right? They're usually already solution or solution or problem aware. So they know what they need and they kind of know what they're solving for. They know, they know what they want to fix and they at least know that the solution you're providing is going to help it. And the reason they know that is because there is plenty of people in the sea who have said that, that this is, it's been confirmed that this is the solution. How are you going to differentiate yourself from all those people doing the exact same thing you're doing? And you'd be surprised at what that is. It could be a framework. It could be literally that you drink Starbucks and not Dunkin'. I had, I had so many people in my audience the other day say they don't drink Dunkin' Donuts, but I also think it's an East Coast thing. So I was like, Starbucks, absolutely not. I was so upset by it. But I know things about my audience now. And so that, that there were so many people work with me because I'm from New York. People work with me because I'm extroverted. People work for me. I've had people who, who work with me because I have typos in my email. And you would think if I'm a copywriter, you don't want typos in my email. But what they liked is that that, that didn't stop me from promoting or having a re- that that gave them the 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 strength to be like, wow, you know what? She sent that email out anyway. And she's a copywriter. For other people, they'd be like, she really needs to freaking get a proofreader because why <laughs> should she keep sending out emails with typos in it? It's like, because I'm writing them on the go and I'm a mom, right? And there's like, people would know that about me. People knew if I just seemed perfect and every time those like little flaws came out that that just like dinked people, there's probably maybe a bunch, of, there's probably single moms in, in, in my sphere who are like, I don't have time for emails. Neither do I. And that's why you get typoed emails sometimes. <laughs> so you never know. And so you kind of are really just throwing things at the wall. And if you don't share those parts of you, you know, that do you feel like maybe someone doesn't care about? Someone cares. Someone cares. And th- that doesn't mean that. And someone will think of that. Like, don't you want p- people to be like, oh, I saw this at the store. I thought of this copywriter. My best friend needs a copywriter. Hey, best friend. This here's a copywriter. You have no idea why people are referring you or attracted to you. And it will be the weirdest thing. Maybe it's salt and vinegar chips. Maybe it's a typo. I have no idea. I won't know until I share it. Mic drop. (laughs) So, Christina, what's the consequence of not writing like you talk? I think the consequence of not writing how you talk. And I know it sounds so simple. And I think like it just it doesn't maybe occur naturally. And it didn't occur to me for a while that it's not only, it's not just about like how you talk. I mean, yes, it is essentially, but sometimes, sometimes writing how you talk, it could mean not writing how you talk, could mean leaving out boundaries, could mean a few things. It could mean, again, not feeling safe working with the people you are. It could mean not telling a truth, right? It could, you could honestly be feeding a, a lie or, you know, so much. I feel like. I think what, what what kind of, it used to drive me crazy because I was just like, why can't I just like do things without realizing like all the connect the dots, right? And I think where marketing has failed us and I don't, well, maybe I do. I have no problem always blaming the patriarchy, but I think marketing comes from a place of really just, it can, not all the time, but like, just gaslighting people into uh-huh. thinking they're a problem, that they have a problem, that 
this thing is going to solve their problem. And if this thing doesn't solve their problem, then it's their fault. Like, it's just very. <laughs> and writing how you speak and speaking your truth, I think, really, really builds not only trust with whoever's going to work with you, but it's it's the ripple of creating a culture, right? Like businesses have cultures. Businesses have ethos. Businesses have missions and vision. And most of the time, a lot of times it's a front. But like, wouldn't it be amazing if you were that business who walks their talk and talks their walk and people feel really safe to work with you? People love giving you their money. People don't give people, people don't give money continuously to people they don't feel a connection to. And in order to feel usually, I mean, you want, you would hope you would want a good connection. You wouldn't want a toxic connection with someone. Yeah, I think that's one of the things, you know, working with people who just don't get it, like just just don't get it. Just, you know, you don't want people to undermine you. You know, you want it to be very clear about who you work with and why you work with them. And you don't have to explicitly say like it's this person, it's that person. But writing how you talk sometimes lays the groundwork for that. Right. You don't have to be so this is for you if you're in, if this is for you, if. Right. There's some of them who do it. There's people who do that. Right. That little thing. Right. And there's people who do it absolutely wrong. And it just alienates and makes people feel horrible. You can do that with just writing how you speak without having to be like, this is for you if you're this. And this is not for you if you're this. Right. If you're someone who's direct and really frank and, you know, you want to really make it clear. Maybe you want to share that you do something really weird on the weekends. Right. Well, that's clear to me that you will not be taking calls. Or you would not be working on the weekends because that seems like there's just certain things. That's just a really small thing. But I think writing how you speak, not writing how you speak sets you up just like just for making work and promoting really miserable. Right. And I think so many of us have created businesses because we weren't able to be ourselves somewhere else. And I think it'd be a real disservice to create a business where you can't be yourself then you might as well just stay at a nine to five because you could go be fake and get and get a really nice paycheck without any of the headache. True. <laughs> without any of the headache, you could be as fake as you want to be and then leave at five o'clock and collect that paycheck real nice and smile at people you don't care for and curse under your breath when you have to deliver something. And I'm not going to say you're going to love what you're doing all the time, but you are going to feel respected. You are going to feel valued. And you are going to, you know, for the most part, feel safe. Well, everything always feel like rainbows, like the most thrilling thing you've ever done in your life. No, but at least you won't feel miserable. Like if that's enough, I think that's enough for me. That's a pretty big one. Yeah, that's a pretty big one. I mean, if you have to work with humans, I think the best way to do it is, yeah, and it just doesn't affect the people. Like you said, it doesn't affect just the people who buy from you. It, it affects the people you hire. Uh-huh. It, affects, it affects the people you collaborate with. Right. Like you're just like, it's easy for you to be like, we have nothing. And that shouldn't stop you. Like there's there's plenty of like spaces and stages that I've been in that I know that is not. And that I think tripped me up in the beginning. Like, oh, and I could only work with people who have had my shared experience, who have who speak, you know, who understand my speak. But really what it meant is I have to show up in places that don't serve the way that I serve that don't do things the way that I do it so that I can attract and impact the people who need someone like me. 
Because if I don't show up in those spaces that don't necessarily have a culture that I'm trying to foster, then people won't know that's even a culture that they can build. So it's not so much that you just want to always stay in in these spaces where there's only people like you. No, quite the contrary. We need to we need to bring our weird self. We need to bring our boring self. We need to bring our loud selves. We need to bring our quiet selves to these spaces so that other people know there's an alternative. There's there's a place for me somewhere, even in those spaces where it's really homogenous. Christina, I love that you mentioned that so much because I feel like this goes full circle back to you and your website. When I told you that I loved it and I shared it with like a biz bestie was that I was looking at other copywriter sites, right? And the truth is so many of them seem the same, right? Like it's like, you know, in the end, like we're all like doing talking about launching or writing websites or something like there's so many, of course, like similarities across that. But like the copy all felt really the same. The pictures all seemed really the same, the headlines. And when I landed on yours, it was like this beacon of like personality. <laughs> and like you wrote, like, you know, you're from New York. You said like, you're, you know, you're all like your background. Like I could see it all coming, all of you coming through the page and all these different things about you and your pictures and, you know, your references to things. And I also love that about your email, like that you talk about, like you said, like Wu-Tang or different like music. And all that was coming through and it was so different that I was like, to me, you were like a website that I wanted to look at. So when I, you know, I looked towards and admired of like, how can I bring more of me? to my website. I'm not going to bring, I'm not going to try to make me be like Christina because I'm not Christina, but how do I bring more of me? How do I turn that up so I can really show up like that? Because yours really stands, it really stands out. And I think if you had been putting it out there and showing up, you know, in different spaces and we like, I know I would be much poorer for it and not, you know, and my business wouldn't be as strong for it. And it's just a good reminder when you're saying that to show up in different places, people need us and needed you for sure. I needed you for sure. Okay. <laughs> to say all of that, Christina, how can we work with you? Yeah. So as you know, I've ditched the retainer stuff, which is really awesome because I also find everyone is just like, no, I want this done now, not three months. Mm-hmm. So I do copy done in a day. I do web copy and sales copy. And it is called the Brent My Brain Waves. And where we just get your stuff done in uh, HD, which is a full day or in a weekender. Don't worry, you only need, I only need you for like an hour, which sounds glorious. You can go live your life. And I'm very envious of you when you do that. And then I also have my copy good to go. So maybe you are an excellent copywriter and a lot of people are, but you just need like an extra eye. You need someone to tell you what to add where. And maybe you're just not quite sure like what you need help with, right? So I have a uh, really cool UX and copy audit and you can find all of those at runandtellthat.co. That's my website. And if you want to follow me and be biz besties, I'm on Instagram at Christina T. That's Christina with an H. And then T-E-E-E-E. Because there's a lot of Christina T's out there, apparently. <laughs> and Christina Torres is taken too. So it's really generic. It's like Mike Johnson in, in, the, in the Hispanic world. So it's a very, very uh, common name. So you can find me over there on IG and on my website. Amazing. And of course, we'll drop all those links in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining me today, Christina, for this conversation. It was fun. Thank you. Thanks for tuning into the Launch Playbook Podcast. If you want to get weekly launch secrets in your ears, I hope you'll hit subscribe on iTunes. So you'll never miss an episode because who knows? It could reveal just a thing you've been looking for to make your next launch a success. And be sure to leave a five-star review on iTunes telling me how this episode inspired your launch plans. Until next time, keep putting your big ideas out into the world. 
I'm rooting for you. 